as we pray together. Father God, we worship you this morning. You are the Savior of the world. And we turn our attention to you now, Jesus, in thanksgiving with grateful hearts. Thank you for coming. Thank you for cramming yourself into a, a little body um, to save us from our sins, to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. We love you, and I pray these things in Jesus' name. Well, I've got a few words to share with you about Advent and this season that we're in. So Joseph had this mission that he was on. He didn't really know it, but something was getting ready to happen after he was engaged to Mary. Joseph had this big responsibility coming into his life that he was going to be facing, that he was not really aware about yet. Joseph was going to become a father, and not just any father, but the father here on earth to the Son of Man. And Joseph had this decision to make since he knew that this baby was not his. But for Joseph, he listened to God. The angel of the Lord came and spoke to him and shared with him uh, the plan that he had and that Joseph needed to stay with Mary and to be the father to this baby boy that was going to be born. And so Joseph listened, and he stayed with Mary, and he became the father to Jesus. And so as a new father, it comes with doubt and fear. There's just this time in your life when you don't really know what life is going to look like anymore, and, and uh, you just don't really know what to expect anymore. And Joseph began going through this, and Joseph was given these words from the angel of the Lord, and, and Joseph was filled with courage and, and faith in what God was going to be doing in their lives. And so Joseph began to cling closer to God and listening to God and the plan that God had for them. And so Joseph became more courageous, and he was filled with more faith in that time. And so God provided him with the plan to keep Jesus safe at all costs so that the plan of the Heavenly Father could be carried out. This Advent season, we need to exchange our doubt and our fear as Joseph did and replace it with anticipation of the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Joseph didn't understand the plan right away from the, from the beginning when Mary informed him that she was pregnant, but he humbly obeyed God's command. And he moved forward in faith and courage in what God had in store for Mary and for Joseph and for Jesus. So this Advent, let us look to God to replace our doubt and fear with faith and courage, even in times when we may not understand the plan that God has for us. So this Advent is a time we look forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But it's also a time that we look forward to the second coming of Jesus.
worship you today. You are holy. You are worthy. There is no one above you. You deserve all of the glory and the honor and the majesty and the power. They all belong to you. There is no other God like you. We worship you this morning. We love you, Jesus. Bye. 
humble ourselves at your feet. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are the creator and sustainer of all things. And yet as we have saying today, it's, it's an overwhelming reality that your love is so great that you would choose to cram yourself into flesh. And we are humbled at the overwhelming love that you have for us. It is relentless. It's fiery. It's passionate. And it's never-ending. And maybe there are people in this room or in, in earshot of my voice right now that just needed to be reminded of that today. Because the reality of, of our lives is 
that the love of other humans can fall short of our expectations, of our needs. Even those that are closest to us can, can really let us down sometimes, but, but you have never failed us, and you never will. And your arrival, your coming proves that point. It was promised and it was fulfilled. It was promised and it was fulfilled. We are humbled in your presence today. And we have chosen to adore you. We have chosen to worship you. We have chosen to give ourselves over to you. We are your people called by your name. Thank you for meeting us here in this place. And we invite you to guide us as we are gathered together. Guide us as we dig into your word. May our hearts and our minds be open to whatever it is that you have to say to us today. We want to know you more. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we all prayed and everybody said, amen. I want to invite the ushers to join me up here as we prepare to continue worshiping through our giving. Jesus, you are our provider. Thank you for the provision that has come and for the provision that is coming. We pray this kind of a prayer, not just for our church family as a whole, but for our individual family units represented here today. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church across the globe with it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. While we're doing this, I want to invite Vanessa to come up here with me. She's had knee surgery recently, so I want to ask her to go up the steps. You can just stand. Yeah, we won't have you do that in, in the boot. Vanessa has been serving our church faithfully for the last, what, three years, close to three years, as our women's ministries director and let me tell you, lots of blood, sweat, and tears, lots of energy, lots of passion, uh, vision. Um, and so, ladies, all the events that you have uh, been engaging in, participating in over the last few years, 
this lady right here has overseen that and has helped make it happen and she really deserves our thanks today so what i've done is i've given her a thank you card with with amazon gift card in there so you can do some shopping without walking around the mall okay but can we thank her for the ministry that she has given to our church very well deserved very well deserved love you awesome awesome praise the lord um is there another song that you guys were planning on doing okay probably would have helped if i would ask them that before we started church hey one other thing i want to make note of uh hopefully you received one of these bulletins on your way in i, I want you to pull it out and i want you to look at it because this will be the last time that you look at a bulletin like this here. So I'm giving you fair warning. If you're going to have to grieve the loss of the bulletin, um, you know, I want to give you ample time with that. Well, here, here's um, the thing. We, uh, we, th these things are, are extremely well done. They are, they are pricey, but the thing is they, they are saying the exact same things that are what, what we have up on the screen and what we're verbalizing, what our website is showing. And, and, and so we're trying to make the best use of, of every nickel and dime that is, that is given here. And so what we want to do is we're going to very much simplify what we're handing out on Sundays. In fact, it's going to be a kind of a document that is going to be able to sit out, uh, out in our Welcome Center area throughout the week. Um, so that whatever events are coming through here, anybody can grab it and, and it'll have basic information about, about who we are and about where you can go, especially our website, woodlandlifecenter.com, to find out details about what's happening. So that's what we're going to start having at the beginning of January. Um, and our goal is to really ramp up to, to move our website to top shelf kind of website delivery and uh, like the somebody is really trying to get a hold of somebody here today yeah but um so uh i just wanted to make you all aware of that so take a nice look at it enjoy it you might want to file it away as you know like a memoir of the days of yore um but you know what here's the reality we are in a digital world okay and so uh, we want to make sure that we're communicating as well as we can in the digital arena. And so that is the direction we're going. And I don't think that Lisa is here today, right? If she was, she'd be hollering at me. Okay, maybe she's the one trying to call. I don't know. But she, w the next time she's here, we're going to say a special thanks to her because uh, she has put lots of time and energy and money into developing uh, our communications, she's done an amazing job at that. So maybe next week we can really thank her for that. All right. Now, let's get into the word here. I want to invite you to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. Matthew helps us make a transition. And it's a critical transition from old history to 
new history, from Old Testament to New Testament. Matthew's the one that helps us transition from pre-Messiah to Messiah's arrival. And he does this by starting his letter with the genealogy. Now, genealogies, probably from, from surface level, just from right from the get-go, you're like, wow, this is incredibly boring, and half of the names are too hard to, to even say out loud anyway. So genealogies tend to be a, a passage that you skip. But Matthew has it in here, and it's very important that he has it in here because in regards to Messiah's arrival, it's important to have the genealogy aspect in place to prove or to offer proof text that he is who he said he was going to be. There was prophecy put in place that the Messiah was going to come through the line of Abraham and the line of David, and the genealogy of Joseph has proof text to that. So Matthew gives us a great transition from pre-Messiah to, okay, this is a guy that we can believe in, and especially from the Jewish perspective, this is a guy that we can believe in as Messiah, that Messiah has arrived because he fulfills this aspect. So actually, I'm going to try to do the opposite here. I'm going to try to do this from your perspective. Timeline. Beginning of time over here. To the here and the now. John tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him and for Him. Speaking, of course, directly to the person of Jesus, the this this divine being all the way from the beginning and when it's time for creation to be put into place when it's time for creation to be breathed into existence it all comes through him by him and it is for him a profound statement about the deity about the divineness the divinity the the godness of Jesus timeline marches on Abraham Isaac Jacob Moses David and we get to Joseph and Mary And it says this, verse 18. So this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Okay, there seems to be a little bit of confusion with what Matthew was saying here, so let's try to clear this up. They're engaged to be married. Joseph finds out that she's pregnant, and he intends to divorce her quietly. Now, this is 
clearly language that is confusing to us because we understand engagement does not mean if you break off the engagement, you need to be divorced. In fact, from our perspective, our westernized American perspective with engagements, engagements are kind of a trial period before marriage. Until the ring is put on and the words I do are said, you, you are not married. And if you're going to break it off, do so before you say I do. That would be our perspective from today. But there's a different thing going on in, in, in this culture. Jewish marriages had, uh, Jew, Jewish ceremonies, wedding ceremonies, they basically had, had two very important, distinct time periods or events that were in place. The, the engagement and the wedding, but the engagement or the betrothal was actually binding. It was already it was already bound. There would there was an engagement event, a ceremony. But once that ceremony takes place, the bride stays with mom and dad, the bridegroom goes with his parents and prepares a place so that about a year later he will return and then there will be a wedding ceremony and then the bride and the bridegroom will then go and, and consummate this year-long marriage concept that has been in place. But do understand that when the engagement ceremony takes place, it is bound. They are considered married. They just are not allowed to consummate that for a whole year. It's, a, it's an entirely different kind of an engagement concept but it is one that is at work here. So now we understand this. Mary is pledged to be married to Joseph. They are bound to one another. But before they came together, before the wedding ceremony, before consummating this marriage, she's found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And as Pastor Jake kind of led us through this discussion. Joseph has a struggle. What is, what is he going to do with this situation? And it tells us here that because he was faithful to the law, because his heart was right, because in some versions say because, because he was a righteous man, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, which he had the right to do, but did not want to do that. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. He was going to offer as much grace to her as he possibly could, yet separate himself from her, because clearly something had gone wrong in his eyes. Something had gone awry. So some divine intervention has to happen here. After he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Now this is distinct. This is, this is distinct from what happened to John the Baptist's father 
This is distinct from what even happened to Mary. The angel Gabriel came to those two people physically. An angel of the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. We're not given the name. Perhaps it was Gabriel. We don't actually know. I think that Joseph wasn't a man of many details, maybe, like most of us men. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and, and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here's what's profound. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. The Lord shows up to Joseph in a dream. Understand that there's a divine intervention here, Joseph. And you are a participant in this divine timeline that has been put into existence from, from the beginning of time. And I want you to know that God himself has come upon Mary and God himself has inserted himself into her. And she's going to give birth to a son, yes, but this, this was not of a man's decision or a man's will. This was, this was divinely put into place. And you, Joseph, are going to be a covering over this. So do not be afraid to take her home as your wife. Walk this out, Joseph. And so they finish. He, he wakes up and he does exactly what he was told to do. And they, and they finish this timeline. They go ahead and they get married. But there's a very clear distinction here. They do not consummate the marriage until after Jesus is born. But this marriage brings a covering over Messiah. Joseph's agreement to this plan is really amazing. Mary's agreement to this plan is amazing. But they, they both have to buy into this thing. And I love the fact that Joseph and Mary both say immediately, okay, I'm in, let's do this. just soak in that for a moment I, I, I realize we're so familiar with this story that we can blow right past some of these details but let's just let's just soak in this for a moment this is pretty crazy stuff when the family starts asking questions when the neighbors start asking questions when people start doing the math, wait a second, what now? 
God did it. The courage that it took for Joseph to simply say yes to this is amazing. And then just like with Zechariah, he's given instruction about how to name the child. You are to name him Jesus. You are to give him the name Yeshua. You are to call him God saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. This timeline. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was with God and from the beginning, and all things were created through him. And, and as Adam and Eve come into existence, immediately sin comes upon us, and we are overcome by sin. And so now there's this thread. There's this thread that works all the way through the history of humanity. And it's a thread of sin. A thread of rebellion against the things of God. Oh, sometimes we did pretty good, but man, we were, right, we were pretty quick to get right back at it. And this thread comes all the way up to current day. But here we are. Joseph is given this instruction. You are to call him God saves because he will save his people from their sins. There's this divine action that comes breaking into the thread of history for the purpose of redeeming this awful scarlet thread that has woven its way all the way through the history of mankind. It doesn't stop there, though, because it says, and he will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this wasn't a new word to Joseph or Mary or, or to any of Israel, any of the Jews. This was not a new word. In fact, this was, this was a word that was used year in and year out at a very certain time, and it was the Feast of Tabernacles. Feast of Tabernacles is, is one of the feasts that, that the, the Jews were, were commanded to participate in every year. It was one of three in particular where, where they were to converge upon Jerusalem and, and have a corporate time of celebration and worship. Feast of Tabernacles happens in the fall. Purpose of Feast of Tabernacles is simply to reflect upon God being with Israel in the Exodus story. You might recall when, when Moses leads the people out of bondage in, in Egypt and they have this long trek coming across the desert, trying to make their way into the promised land, God was with them. He was with them by day, and he was with them by night. By day, he was with them in a cloud, and he led them. By night, it was a pillar of fire. God was with them all through the way. So, upon the time that they get to the, the foot of Mount Sinai, and the, and the law is given to Moses, and... Um, 
and they're given instruction about how to commune with God, how to, how to walk life out with one another, and how to worship God. And, and the law is given. They're given clear instruction about how they're supposed to remember this, God being with them. So, and they still do this today. They'll set up tents. They would set up tents in their yard. And they would move into those tents, cut holes in the roofs of these tents, and, and they would, for a week, they basically would live like it was wandering through the desert with God with them, Emmanuel. I'm hoping that makes sense because when he, God, comes and speaks to Joseph and says, he's going to be called Jesus, God saves it's also going to be called Emmanuel, God with us. There's this immediate understanding and awareness of, of the presence of God, even in wandering, even in wandering. So we have this scarlet thread of sin and rebellion and wandering happening throughout history, working its way all the way up to this particular moment in time where Jesus intersects in physical form for the purpose of saving us and being with us. Wow. It's an overwhelming love that our creator has that he would go through such effort to save us not just to pluck us out but to walk with us that is the essence that's the definition of Emmanuel That he who was before creation, he who is God and was with God and, and was God, all things being created through him, left the throne room, crams himself into flesh, and Emmanuel's. And we have a tendency... We have a tendency to try to do this thing on our own. We have a tendency to try to overcome this scarlet thread on our own. And we have a tendency to try to continue on on our own. When all along Messiah's like, man, don't you realize? First of all, I've, I've taken care of the scarlet thread. And it wasn't his birth that did it, folks. We don't celebrate Christmas with, uh, because his birth redeemed us. His birth does not redeem us. It is clearly his death that redeems us. But for him to die, he had to have been born. We celebrate his coming because of the hope that's pointing to, which is right up there. 
He is the reason for this season. It's, we can say that. And we can celebrate his birth because he was born so that he can become sin for us and save us. That is how he saved us. The baby in the manger is not saving us. The baby that's worshipped by the shepherds and the wise men, not saving us. But they understood that the purpose of his arrival was that ultimately he would redeem us. Ultimately he would save us. But I just love the fact that, that, he, that he walked with us. He grew up with us. And he showed us life. I, I suppose that God could have in, instituted a different Messiah plan where Messiah just showed up and died on a cross somehow. But would that be Emmanuel? Would that reflect Emmanuel? Would that really reflect God with us? But his birth and his growing up in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man, that's, that's Emmanueling. And I'm making that word up. I've, made, I've used that before. So I get to say like I always say, Emmanueling. That is Emmanueling. Man, we don't have to. We're not out there on our own. Maybe as I as I prayed earlier, we can get so human centric in our journeys that we can forget that God is right there with us. He didn't, not just to save us, but journeying with us. And he understands. He knows you. He knows you. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. He knows your history. He knows where you're headed. What more could we ask for from Messiah? He will save his people from their sins. He will be called Emmanuel because God is with us. With your eyes closed. I don't know what your journey has been like. Even, even just the journey of the last few days. Maybe there are some that have really been struggling, wandering. Maybe that, that thread of sin still tugging. But today you are reminded. Jesus saved. saving you even now if you have chosen to believe. But maybe more importantly for you is to know that He is with you. He's ever present. 
We're not just talking about a Sunday morning in, inside of the church building. He's with you in your car. He's with you during your shopping. At home. In your private time, He's with you. In your public time, He's with you. It's a fundamental aspect of His identity. He is Emmanuel. Jesus, we are we are in awe as we've said we're, we're in awe of what you did that, you, that you, you you divinely intersected this human timeline you did that over 2,000 years ago And you walked out life in, in, in perfection. And you became the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And all that was accomplished. And you said, it is finished. And, and it, you meant exactly what you said there. Here we are over 2,000 years later. And, and we are still experiencing the reality of Emmanuel. And the reality of Yeshua. You are saving us, yes. You are redeeming us, yes. You, you have saved us and have redeemed us, yes. But we're thanking you because you are with us. Our journeys are not alone. Married or single, young or old, You are with us. You are Emmanuel. Regardless of regardless of what our our choices have been. Your presence is real. And your saving power is real. So church, if... If, if, there's, if there's a need today for, for confession, just do it right from where you are. Acknowledge that he's been with you even in the midst of wrong choices and and free yourself. Allow him to forgive you of that sin. Just allow the freedom to return to your life again. For it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. You can do that right now, right from where you're seated, your own, your own words, right from your own place. asking 
Holy Spirit, that you will help us to see our lives as a journey with you. And we are one fragment of this amazing timeline of history And we're looking back at a fragment of the timeline of of this amazing history where you inserted yourself into it and you changed it. You changed history. You changed the world and you changed our lives. I'm just asking, Lord, that you will help us to see that for what it is and in and it encourages and empowers us to worship you the way you deserve, the way you deserve to be worshipped. Honor you the way you deserve to be honored. For you are Yeshua. You are Emmanuel. And all God's people said, Amen. I want to invite you to stand with me. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May He make His face to shine on you, be gracious to you, and fill you with His peace. Allow Emmanuel. Allow yourself to experience Emmanuel this week and enjoy it. Have an amazing one. We'll see you next Sunday. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. Since there's no place to go, let us know, let us know, let us know. It doesn't show signs of stopping, then I brought some coin for popping. The lights turn way down low. Let us know, let us know, let us know. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I ain't going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight, on the way home I'll be warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying, but my dear will still goodbye. No, let us know, let us know, let us know, no, no, no.